I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. The pivotal moment for today's guest is when she decided to buy a company. She'd wrestled with the question, when am I wise enough to make that jump? Mercedes Enrique is president and owner of CMS Corporation, a federal government and industrial construction company with self-performance capabilities in mechanical construction. During our conversation today, she'll talk about her journey to CMS. She grew up in Venezuela and came to the United States to earn a BSE in computer engineering and then an MBA from the University of Toledo. Upon completion of her MBA, she worked for the Dana Corporation, but always had an entrepreneurial spirit and knew she wanted to have her own business. Since purchasing CMS's assets in 2004, the company has experienced substantial growth and successfully captured Department of Defense multi-year contracts with $6.3 billion in contract capacity spanning 30 states, Guam, and a worldwide contract. Listen in as she talks about the value of relationships and in particular, an abundance mentality with working within such a competitive market. Check it out. You mentioned my University of Toledo. So I, I went to both undergrad and graduate school at the University of Toledo with a year practical training in between uh, the two degrees. And it was my boss, my first mentor, uh, that encouraged me to go for the MBA. And I had a full ride at the University of Toledo, went from the engineering school to the business school and worked for two faculty members and then joined Dana Corporation, which was my career for the first 10 years out of college. And it was a phenomenal experience. Um, Dana had 30,000 employees at the time and was in, in over 28 countries. And it was uh, fabulous. I was there for um, in, a, in a fast track career, started in the corporate planning, went into manufacturing, went into distribution and headed operations. And uh, the last stint of my career was with the leasing group of Dana. And then my my then husband was following me around my career at Dana and he had an opportunity to go to the Indiana University to teach at the Kelly School. And so it was my turn to follow. And that was kind of the decision to, to leave Dana, even though Dana offered to have a satellite, a second satellite office in, in Bloomington. And at this time, I just had child number two. I really wanted to stay home with her until she stopped nursing. And I did that. That is the first time, I, I think the only two times in my life when I did not want to work is when both my children were born. And so I stayed home for a year. And after she stopped nursing, I went to work for the Kelly School. And that is when the planning for starting my own business began. And I would say that was the big moment. It was the decision to really do as my parents had also done. My mother was pharmacist and entrepreneur, and my father was a lawyer and started and sold and purchased many businesses in his lifetime. So that was the moment. So you knew that was something that you were going to do. That was something you planned for. You had that entrepreneurial spirit within you. Yes, it was. The big decision is always when am I 
wise enough to make that jump, right? When do you feel that you have the moment to do it? And, and I think that was the moment. It was second child moving to Indiana, working at the university for a bit and knowing I really wanted to start my own business. Yeah. Yeah. So you've called that your pivotal moment in your career when you, and, and you always say when I decided to buy the company to start my own business. So yeah, tell us more about that decision and what got you to that place. So my oldest brother was in business and owned, was one of five owners of a large business that also did federal government contracting. And when I left Dana, one of the things that I knew in terms of what business I would go into would be that it was a local business, that you really couldn't execute that work or do that work by sending it to China or sending it to Mexico or sending it to other countries in the world. And he and I talked a lot and I, he said, what about construction? And I said, you know, I came from manufacturing, construction meets my criteria. And they had been approached by a gentleman that was selling their business in Indiana. So my brother lived in Toledo and this business was in Franklin, Indiana. It's real close to Bargersville, where we are now headquartered. And so that was it. There's another friend of ours that joined. So two of us left our jobs and joined full time. And then we had five friends from Toledo, from our cool years, right, that invested in the business. And I sold my home and moved into a very tiny apartment and that was the decision. That's how we jumped in. Yeah. So there's so much in that that I want to dive into. I, I hear this theme of really strong relationships. Like you, you leveraged your brother and others through that process of determining what would be best for you and then choosing these partners. I suspect that was very thoughtful and those relationships were so important to you. Absolutely. Andrea, I have to say and you give, we all give back, right? When we are in a position to give back. But I had the blessing to be mentored and to ask for help and be given this help throughout my career. And that really started with my very first job, my first mentor, and uh, going to my MBA. And then from there, a faculty member, I worked for two faculty members and they are the ones that connected me to Dana. And then from that Dana, I had some incredible mentors. And you really learn to value that in order to really move forward, you work with other people. You never do it alone. We may put all the effort and we put the sweat equity, but truly we seek advice and we seek help on those that are willing to provide it, right? In this case, it goes back to the relationships and having been in the Toledo area or related to that area through college and through my first 10 years of my career. And definitely that really was key to the success, to getting started. Yeah, those relationships. Yeah, you, you see the value in those trusted advisor kinds of relationships the mentoring that you were given, the value in that. I mean, it's just such an important part of you making that decision to do your own thing. It absolutely was. And uh, the program that we joined, so Andrea, the, the end in mind was to join the federal government and to become a prime contractor in the federal government 
you have to have an angle because the barriers to entry are very high. And one of the programs that the SBA has put in place to allow small businesses to enter that market is the program called the 8A program. And it's a developmental program. It lasts nine years, but it gives you an opportunity to become a prime contractor to the federal government. So a lot of your decisions were made because of that end in mind. Like you knew you had to set yourself, you had to set yourself up given that that's a tough path. Exactly. And there was a market, there was a way to get to the market. And I mean, we had a product, right? Construction is indeed the government buys construction. They don't buy mechanical construction, which were the roots of the company that the assets that we purchased, but they do buy construction. So that was the whole premise. We had a market, we had partners that were willing to invest and I was willing to completely give everything, right, to start the business. So there was a, a huge incentive for success from the two of us that left our jobs and joined CMS 100%. Yeah, so it's such an interesting journey because you didn't, it wasn't like you had this career in construction and then dreamed of having your own construction company. You had a set of criteria, you know, you, you've talked about the, becoming a federal contractor. Earlier you were saying, like, you knew you wanted it to be a local business. And so this process of elimination, then it's like, okay, construction makes sense for me. Exactly. And what's interesting is I had ran the gamut of the business. So when my partner, Kush, and I both left our jobs to really get started, he had spent 15 years in construction. So he had come from construction and he knew construction. I new finance, accounting, HR, IT, marketing, governance. And of course, I'm an engineer and it's not difficult to understand construction, but running a project, we had to divide the role. So that's when we said, okay, I'll be the president. I'll take care of everything, compliance, the applications to the 8 program, all the SBA relationships. So that side, the business side, I took care of the actual technical side of running the projects and the operations was Kush, my partner. So we were like a perfect pair. Yeah. So again, those relationships, right? Really critical that you needed him and vice versa. And then soon after, and I would say if there are two pivotal moments, is one is deciding to, to start the business, obviously. But the second one was finding out that in addition to this 8A program, the SBA has another program called the Mentor Protege Program. And what that program allows you to do is to actually join venture with your mentor in pursuit of opportunities that you alone could not pursue because you may not have been big enough to bond it. You may not have been large enough or old enough to have the past performance required to win those projects. So that was truly the the engine that propelled the growth of the company. It was finding that mentor, which were also, it was a company headquartered in Toledo, and it was a company where my brother was one of the owners. And that was critical. It was somebody we trusted. There was somebody in the company that we trusted. And they also benefited from it because they could join venture with us to pursue set-aside contracts that the government has 
that they could not pursue because they were not a small business like we were. They were not 8A like we were. So it was a win-win. I do believe, Andrea, that life and business is like a pie. If you split it in half and there's a win-win for all, then it's a good deal. And that's that really propelled CMS to winning these. You know, when you mentioned we have $6.3 billion of contract capacity, that obviously that didn't come from that mental protege nowadays because we've been now out of the program for six and a half years. And um, the program ended in 2014, in April 2014. But it really allowed us to double the past performance. We could not have gained that much past performance if we had not been in that mentor protege relationship. How did you learn about that program? Like, where did that come from? So the this is an SBA program too, Small Business Administration, just like the 8 program. And we are a DOD, so we're Army, Air Force, Navy contractors. That is really our bread and butter. We are Department of Defense centric. And truly, the Department of Defense has IDIQ contracts that are multi-year contracts that you can pursue. And you can pursue them alone if you have the past performance, or you can join venture with your mentor to pursue these contracts. And then you win task quarters. So you compete. Let's say that there are, oh my goodness. I want to say there are 1,500 companies like CMS that provide services to the government in construction. And when I say like CMS, I mean we're still a small business. Out of those 1,500 companies, what the government does is they issue these IDAQ contracts that have only five to maybe 10 awardees. So only five to 10 get to compete on a billion-dollar contract for the next five years. So you cut the world of competition from 1,500 to five or 10. Oh, wow. And then you only compete between those that group of people for the next five years on what they call task quarters, which are the actual construction projects. Well, so even though you had, so you had a partner that had been in construction, I mean, I, I don't know how familiar he was with these kinds of programs, but I mean, even though you had a partner that had been in this world, it sounds like you had, there was a lot for you to learn about being a federal contractor in these programs. It's a huge learning curve. And the amazing thing is there is an actual organization called the Society of American Military Engineers, SAME. And this organization, the people that belong to it are the Army, Air Force, and Navy, so the Department of Defense, actually the Department of Homeland Security, and then contractors like us and engineers and designers and architects that also play in this market. So think about this. That organization was truly my my learning ground. That is where I learned about the Mentor Protege program. That is where I really learned about what are the contracts that are coming out for competition and what kind of teaming was needed to be able to get a seat in the bus. So this is this is so good. I want I want to connect this back because you know this this show is all about less leadership lessons and what can we learn from your pivotal moment. So you you said earlier talking about your pivotal moment being when you decided to buy the company. You you asked the question um, when am I wise enough to make that jump? But you know are you ever really wise enough because think about because what you do and what you did in this example is you joined an association that provided all kinds of insight and resources and 
I don't know. I just, I don't know if we're ever wise enough. You make the jump and then you figure it out is what you're describing. Yes. But the moment that you make the jump, you need to know that you truly understand the market you're pursuing. So there's a certain, a certain amount of, of studying that you need to do to make that initial jump. Yeah. What would you say that was for you in this situation? Like what were the things you, you, I mean, you've talked about the relationships, your partners, obviously you had an MBA. Yes. It was the strategic piece, right? In this case, it was doing that Michael Porter five forces model. It's understanding what market am I pursuing? Is there a way to get to that market? And so once Construction met all my criteria of it has to be a local business. I did not want to go back into manufacturing. That was one of the checks. Then the next thing is what within construction, because as you can imagine, Andrea, it's a very competitive world. And we didn't just want to do construction. We wanted to do construction with a market in mind. And that is now what the company, the assets of the company that we bought never did federal government work. So we truly went from taking a mechanical contracting business to being a general construction business that focused and did work for the federal government. Yeah. So you really transformed the business. I mean, it's different. It's a different business than the one you bought. Completely. But we bought, you know, we had a place to be. We had a headquarters in Franklin, Indiana at the time. We had five people, five other people that came with that acquisition and we could go market it so immediately we could eat right we could generate some revenue because that particular company did work for air liquid and the air gas industry praxair so we had immediate work that we were doing just that gave us that year to apply and, and win the 8a certification and then the following years when we got the mentor project program and then the rest is it's been fun it's really growing, attracting people, getting the people, getting the processes and the systems in place. But truly, it all starts with you have to have an idea of what business you want to get into and what your market is. So I maybe, Mercedes, it's the like this. OK, so going back to your initial question, like when am I wise enough? Like those, those are strategic questions that you've got to answer, right? Yes. You have to be able to answer those. And that is when you say, okay, I'm wise enough. There is, it will not be without a lot of challenges and effort and sweat equity, but at least we have a plan. You have to have a plan. I would not say that you can jump in without a plan. Well, because then you don't know, you don't even know what you're jumping into. It's the, what's the, you've probably heard the Yogi Bear quote. If you don't know where you're going, you're likely to end up someplace else. Exactly. Exactly. I do think you need to know where you're going. And again, we have some amazing resources in this country to help small businesses. And I cannot be thankful enough for the programs, you know, the SBA program for the ADA program. It's a developmental program. It comes with, you know, sessions. It's called the 7J program, which are actual sessions to learn how to do business with the federal government. I mean, you have to take advantage of truly using those resources to get all the knowledge that you can to proceed. And then you have to be quick enough. You must move quickly. 
when you see the opportunities and you see those, you just have to jump in. So that, so now we're jumping in. So you've got your plan. So now you're wise enough to jump in. And so that's where to connect back to the Society of American Military Engineers, you were saying how that's where you really learned about the mentor-protege program and other resources and tools to help get you to where you are today. Yes. This is, it's a place, it's almost like a marketplace where our, our customers and people like us come together. And what I, um, I had the amazing opportunity to actually be the chair of the Small Business Council for SAME. So very early on, uh, the director of SAME at the time saw me at a conference and he saw that I was inquisitive and I was asking a lot of questions. And he said, Mercedes, you look like you have a lot of energy. I think you could provide unselfish leadership to SAME. Would you like to be considered for the, for the council chair position? And I said, absolutely. If, if there's more opportunity for me to engage with other people that have that are pursuing the same marketplace and, and be at the, you know, be at the board level, it would be incredible. So I did, I committed and for four years, well, I, I'm still very engaged with SAME, but I, I want to say that those four or five years that followed were a huge commitment of my time towards SAME, but I have to tell you the relationships that I, that I developed and the knowledge that I gained is invaluable to our career, to our company, to what we've been able to do. It truly has been tremendous. So I do think in addition to the work that it takes to launch our companies and to, to run our companies, we have to be unselfish enough to give back because when you give back, you actually also gain. And it's those lifelong relationships. I and mean, we are teaming with companies now that were relationships that we had. We are working and doing work for Army Corps and Navy and Air Force under Air Force contracts for people that I sat with in our council that I worked with that I can call and ask questions of. So that is truly invaluable. And that is, that is I would say, something that SAME brings to any federal contractor. Yeah, it's finding it's finding those resources partnerships that will because again, like you did that because of your vision, right? Because of your plan, like that that was a really that was a strategic decision getting involved in that organization. So, what would you name that? I mean, is is that like finding the right resources, the right partners? What's the leadership tip in that? Yes, I would say finding the resources where your customers and your peers, because I don't call them competitors. In the federal market, we team together and we compete at times or we join hands at times. You have to find those forums where you all come together because the knowledge and the exchange that you gain is, is invaluable. We are able to provide feedback to the government on what it, they could do to increase competition in the contracts that they put out and they in turn make changes that allow us to streamline the processes for bidding and presenting proposals and competing in their market. 
Well, and you're all part of the same system. So it goes back to your win-win, right? When one is strengthened, another part of the system is strengthened. What is good for the goose is good for the gander, right? <laughs> it yes. really is. It has yes. to be good for both sides. Oh, and doesn't there's an abundance mentality in that? Uh, there's yeah, there's so much goodness in that that leads to cooperative, collaborative behaviors. Exactly. Versus competitive ones, because no doubt you're still competing, right? I mean, you it's a competitive market, but you're cooperating and collaborating within that. Exactly. And Andrea, it's a huge market. I always say everybody can have a nice bite and can truly thrive. It is a huge market. Well, and that's all mindset, isn't it? It always comes down to mindset and how you're how you look at life, not just your work. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love this. Okay, so so there's one other thing in all of this that is popping up for me. And you talked about the uh, the gentleman from the association from same that came to you and and wanted you to step up into a leadership role and he said mercedes you're always so inquisitive and engaging and you are one of the most inquisitive and engaging leaders i have ever met <laughs> i remember the first time we met at an indiana chamber board meeting and you were so curious about my business and my experience and you asked all kinds of questions. And I mean, doesn't that so quickly engage the people that you're talking about? So that I, I suspect that that's just natural to you and you are such a learner and you're soaking information and you are so bright and have so much intellectual capacity. Is that something that you've developed or is that natural to you? I think it is natural, but I realize that it has always been a positive. So even though it's natural, some things that are natural to you, you say, oh, I need to get better and not do that, right? This is one where it is natural, but I realize that it has been a positive value to have always. And I, I do believe that if I ask and I learn about you, that we will get to really know each other at a different level. So just saying hello and this is what my business does, you know, telling people what you do doesn't get you to the same level of getting to know that person as it is learning about them. And so I, I do have to say you are an amazing woman and you're joining the Indiana Chamber Board. Uh, you've done some great sessions and given of your time and so you, you were definitely an easy one for me to want to get to know. <laughs> well, we're, we are in this together, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, and even just to even be more specific about our initial interaction, because it wasn't, you know, a, a lot of times, because we all know the value of asking questions and being curious. But here to, to our listeners, like here's the thing that you did that was so different is you really heard me and offered up um, the book Scaling Up. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I do. <laughs> Vern Harnish, and it has become one of my favorite books and has been so helpful, both to me as a leader and to our business. So, and that was a pretty, what, I mean, what, a short interaction, 15, 30 minute interaction that was really, really helpful to me. 
It was neat because we realized you were going through the same thing that I was going through. Right, right. And you actually did the same. <laughs> me, you gave me some tips. Yeah, no, that that was awesome. I, I have to tell you a quick story. Please do. So my mother, I told you, was a pharmacist. And back when I went to school, uh, we used to go to school in the morning, then come home for lunch, and then go to school in the afternoon. And this was in my high school years. But since we were about 11, we were considered to be old enough to work in the pharmacy so our parents could eat together lunch. So the kids had to take turns at the pharmacy. And as you can imagine, pharmacy is a retail business. And my father and my mother used to have this gift for it didn't matter who the person was, where they came from. Uh, I grew up in Venezuela, by the way. I came here to go to college. My father was from Spain and my mother was from Venezuela. And my mom would always say, it doesn't matter who it is, you listen to them and you help them in any which way you can. So it's truly ingrained in us as kids that in order to serve in the retail industry, right, pharmacy, in order to really help people, you had to listen. And part of listening is sometimes people don't speak unless you ask them questions, right? So that, I think it, it was ingrained in me and it, it has been with me always. And I really do enjoy uh, getting to know people and understanding where they're at and sharing because I've, so much goodness has been given to me over the, over the years that you share when you get to know somebody. Your mom must be really proud because you <laughs> model that so well. Um, believe me, she's tough still. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things I'm taking away from this. I, this. Your question, when am I wise enough to make that jump? You know, that it's, that's such a great question that we can all relate to. And so you've, you've given us some really good insight into that. You know, it's, it's jumping in when you have that plan, when you know what the business is you want to, to go into, when you know the market, that strategic insight, then you're in a position to find resources or forums where your customers and your peers are so that you can in, engage and connect and learn. And, and all the while, like you're open-minded and inquisitive and learning and growing right alongside the business. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Andrea, so much. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? So LinkedIn, Mercedes Enrique-1. And I will be just mentioned that you heard the podcast and I will connect with you immediately and hopefully I'll get to know you too. Thank you for the great work that you're doing. Thank you, Andrea. A pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.